Do you want to wake up feeling like you're stepping into who you're meant to be, into the best possible version of you? What if I told you that the key to your best life, health, and happiness are all around you? You just have to find what works for you. I'm Hope Pujaza, and I believe that there isn't just one way to live a healthy and meaningful life, and that all you need is a little inspiration to make changes that last from the inside out. Each week, I'll be sharing tangible tips and inspirational interviews to help you on your journey. These are the steps to take to improve your life and live with purpose. This is Hopeful and Wholesome. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the show. So I wanted to talk a little bit today about the adrenals, kind of diving into how we can support our adrenals. So I know I've talked about the adrenals and kind of the connection with the thyroid and stress and that kind of thing, but I wanted to dive a little bit deeper into how we can help, um, you know, maybe fight adrenal fatigue and the things that come along with really stressed adrenals. So we all know or I think you do by now because you've probably listened. If you've made it to this episode, you've probably listened long enough where you know that there is a connection between stress and adrenal fatigue and stress and just tired adrenals, right? Now, there are ways to manage it. And if you go back and listen to the episode that I did about kind of the connection between like your blood sugar and your thyroid and your adrenals and all that, that can give you a little bit of answers. But there are other things. You've probably heard of adaptogens or adaptogenic herbs. And this is really um, a crucial piece, in my opinion, of like really honing in on the adrenals. Now, let me say this. Let me say this as like a like a disclaimer here. <laughs> you and you know I, I say it I, i'll say it a million times over too i mean i will this is a hill i will die on and this is something that i will say over and over again because it's just a piece that's missing so much and even you know i have i have this conversation even with my clients like I, i'll tell them this and i'll tell them multiple times because they you know they get frustrated with the process or they get frustrated that they're not seeing results fast enough or whatever and i tell them this too like your body cannot heal in a stressed out state So yes, we can take adaptogenic herbs and it is going to help, you know, I'll kind of talk about how they work and stuff, but it's going to help your body be able to manage stress. But if, if you're throwing adaptogenic herbs on a totally wound up nervous system and a stressed environment that, that has no intention of changing, like you're, you're not taking the right measures or precautions to change that environment or to improve that that environment or to manage the stress, it's got to work together. Like taking the adaptogenic herbs, yes, it, it can help, but it, it has to work alongside you actually managing the stress. Like it has to go together. So I just want to say that first and foremost, because I don't want you thinking like, oh, I'm going to go to get all these adaptogens that you're talking about. I'm just going to take all of them and expect your whole life to change. But then you're just totally living in stress and you're like, oh, why is it not working? Well, okay, this is why it's not working. So we, we have to take that measure too. We have to take that precaution along with the herbs. So let's talk through these herbs. What are adaptogens? So adaptogens, typically you hear about this in like Ayurveda or traditional Chinese medicine, because they're here to basically help the body manage stress and it helps the body's response to stress. It kind of enhances vitality. It can help reduce stress. It, it, it does this by kind of regulating hormonal responses to stress. So it can make the body kind of resist stress without entering that state of exhaustion that it's used to entering. So to know if you're taking an effective adaptogen, 
because there are some that work better than other, than others. And the five I'm going to talk about today, I, I think are really the most effective, but it has to be able to enhance the body's ability to handle stress, internal and external stress. And it needs to be able to do this after, you know, multiple uses, right? Not taking it for months and months, you're not seeing any results. If, if someone is using an adaptogen in the long term, like forever, it's it's basically kind of what I was saying before. Like this is a sign that you're not doing anything to manage your stress and your body is no longer able, like it doesn't have that vital reserve to be able to manage stress. Like you haven't done enough to work on the stress management piece yourself. Like you have to still do the work to manage your stress in your nervous system. So just keep that in mind. Like this isn't, I, I, I don't really recommend taking adaptogens forever. Like I just don't think it's necessary. If you're in you know, doing it as part of a healing process protocol, doing it as part of a kind of like a body reset, like really kind of reset things, doing it as a part as a part of like, okay, I'm in this kind of, um, you know, I'm in a busy season in my business or my career or whatever, like kind of a, a, an extra stressful season. So let me manage, right? It, I, I see it as more of just kind of an extra tool in your toolbox when you're dealing with the stressful period, right? When you're overcoming stress or when you're doing a healing protocol, this isn't like you take this with your magnesium and your omega-3 every day. Like this is not the point of adaptogenic herbs. So if you're taking this long-term, it's it's not the purpose. It's not the purpose. Remember that. So let's dive into these big, the main five that I'm going to talk about today, kind of what I think are kind of the five most effective ones. So first is rhodiola, which you might've heard of. Rhodiola there's a there's some research about actually actual research. Well, there's actual research about all of these, but a lot of these um, the research points to rhodiola, such a tongue twister for me, as being really one of the rhodiola and ashwagandha are probably the top two that you hear about the most. And a review of a lot of these studies found that it actually helps the body resist stress without interfering with your sleep structure or creating an addiction to it, where your body's like, well, now I have to have it. it's the only way I can manage stress, right? And Another study, there is actually one study showed, found that rhodiola worked quickly and efficiently, like faster than some of the others and lasted anywhere from four to six hours. Like you had visible um, like effects for four to six hours. Rhodiola basically works to optimize concentration and help support healthy energy levels in people who might be experiencing adrenal fatigue. So this is a good one if you're looking for help with concentration and your energy levels. So next, I want to talk about ginseng. Now, ginseng is one of these ancient um, uh, adaptogens that can go back. You can look back thousands of years in traditional Chinese medicine and, and traditional Chinese medicinal practices, and they use ginseng. Now, ginseng now is really considered to be an anti-inflammatory herb and an adaptogen. But we, we, I think we know it more as kind of an anti-inflammatory herb than the adaptogen, but it is still considered an adaptogen. So chronic stress obviously has the potential to cause chronic inflammation, which can lead to things like hormone dysregulation and dysfunction. And of course, it's going to affect your immune system. And so a lot of studies have found that ginseng has the ability to really regulate the HPA axis, which is your hypothalamus, your pituitary, and your adrenals. It's that axis that kind of is like your stress management, like control center. So it can regulate that, which obviously, since that's, it's controlling your stress response, it's able to regulate your body stress response because it's, it's helping the HPA axis. And then it also works to suppress the production of cytokines and cytokines are basically these pro-inflammatory molecules that are generated by stress. And this is kind of what goes in and starts to cause like cellular 
cellular damage and, and inflammation in the body. So ginseng has been shown to suppress those. So the next one I want to talk about is ashwagandha. As I mentioned it before, um, this one is probably the best one and probably the one that you hear about the most. I didn't want to start off with this one because I know you're probably waiting for it, but I want to obviously have to include it in the list. There are so many articles and, and research papers on ashwagandha and... It, it can't go without saying that this this is considered to be one of the most powerful ones, right? It works to support the body's inflammatory response, but it also helps to optimize blood pressure, which we know can be a side effect of stress and anxiety, right? Your blood pressure takes a toll, takes a hit, and that just causes more stress on the body. There are studies, multiple studies actually, that found that ashwagandha actually helps support the activity of natural killer cells that the immune system sends to fight infections. So this is like literally helping your body fight off infections. This is why this one is so powerful for your immune system. One of the studies was in the Indian Journal of Psychological, uh, Psychological Medicine. And it found that, uh, that taking ashwagandha consistently, you know, over a short period of time, again, reduces stress-induced damage. There's one study in the, the Indian Journal of Psychological Medicine that found that when ashwagandha taken consistently reduced stress-induced damage to the body, and people who took about 300 milligrams of ashwagandha twice daily experienced a significant reduction in cortisol levels. So it's pretty significant. Again, you could take it regularly. I think this is one of those you could take over a longer period of time, but I still go back to my initial statement. I stand by my initial statement that I, I don't think we need these forever. Like I really don't. I do still think that it's part of, you know, a protocol or kind of a, a healing process, right? It's not one that you really need to take forever. Now, ashwagandha, there is kind of a couple um, caveats I want to, or maybe I guess one caveat I want to mention about ashwagandha because there are certain populations who shouldn't take ashwagandha because it's related to the nightshade family. Those who are immunosuppressant, those who have autoimmune diseases, um, they should really steer clear of it because, because it's related to the nightshade family. It can just basically, it just leads to added inflammation. Just be mindful of that. So the next adaptogen I want to talk about is maca. So maca is a, a really powerful superfood. And you've probably heard it mentioned as a superfood, Really in Native American cultures, especially those in South America and around the Andes, because that's where it comes from, they have revered it for its adaptogenic properties. And that's what it's, it was used for for centuries. It's rich in protein and calcium and fiber, amino acids, magnesium. It has a lot of powerful vitamins and minerals in it. And it works to balance hormone production in the body when the body produces too many hormones. So it could be a really nice addition to your hormone bouncing protocol and helping your body get rid of or kind of metabolize excess hormones. It also works to support hormone production in the body if it's not producing enough hormones, right? So all in all, this is a really powerful way to help balance your hormones. And if you if taken consistently, right, throughout your kind of healing protocol, it can support function of the pituitary and the hypothalamus. And these all work together to help reduce the symptoms of adrenal fatigue. And then the last adaptogenic herb I want to mention is Shisandra. So this is another tongue twister for me. So I'll probably say it wrong like four times while I'm talking about it. <laughs> but according to traditional Chinese medicine, the Shisandra berry, thank you. Shisandra berries have five flavors that correspond to those five phases of traditional healing. And these are bitter, salty, sour, sweet, and acid, right? Acidic. 
And these five flavors work with the energy of your body to help promote vitality and really just resistance against stressful situations. So again, it's helping your body cope with stress. There are several studies about Shisandra and what comes from the berry, the Shisandra berry. And it, it these studies show that it can help reduce fatigue. It can help reduce depression that's caused by stress or anxiety caused by stress. And there are there's other research that shows that it can help reduce mental fatigue and kind of brain fog and kind of that mental aspect that's caused by stress and improve overall endurance. So it's helping with energy. It's helping with kind of that, the like mental pieces, right. Of the, of, of anxiety and stress. So that's a good reason to take that one now, all in all. So that's those five that I just mentioned. Again, I really think that these are a part of a healing protocol. They're part of a, you know, a short-term kind of healing process. I don't think these are, because here's the thing, not like you're going to, you know, hurt yourself or, or anything by taking these long-term. But for me, the point is, if you're having to take them, take them long-term, then we haven't really got to the root of the problem, right? They're just for support. They're for support and they're to help the body heal. It's not for maintenance. This isn't for maintenance in the body, right? Minerals for maintenance are to fill in the gaps, right? We're taking magnesium because our, our, our food supplies are so deficient in it. We're taking omega because again, we don't get enough. Our food supplies are deficient. We're, we're filling in the gaps. This, these are not to fill in the gaps. Adaptogens are not filling in the gaps. It's to help the body support the body in a healing process. So if we're taking it long-term, right? We haven't really got to the root cause and we haven't really, I'm going to say complete the, pro, the healing process because we all know that healing is never done, but the protocol, right? The protocol that we're working on, keep that in mind. Just keep that in mind when you're doing your healing protocol, that this is a part of a protocol. This isn't a long-term thing that we're doing, right? To, to help support the body in that way. We want the body to be able to naturally be able to cope and manage stress. We just use this for added support. Hopefully this was helpful in explaining kind of these top five adaptogens. I'd love to hear about the ones that you're taking. If you're taking these or maybe you're taking other ones, let me know. And I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Hopeful and Wholesome, y'all. If you found value in this week's episode, please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast and leave a review to let me know what you thought. I'd love to know what you find useful in these episodes so I can know how to provide the most value I can to my listeners. And if you have topics you'd like to know more about, I'd love to hear those as well. So shoot me a message on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. It's at the Hope Pedraza, or you can visit my website, hopefulandwholesome.com. Thanks, y'all.